listening to Hey, Michael Vincent. Uh, man. Whole new month, right? We're leaving a tough one. One thing I really enjoy, though, let's focus on the positive for a minute here. One thing I really enjoy is our opportunity to speak to NASA and uh, and cover that launch live. Not just that we talked to them on What the Truck. We covered it live on radio over the weekend. They sent us a really nice email that the they shared it with the demo to team and uh, even caught the docking of the IS the, the docking with the ISS over the weekend. So, um, you know, that was enjoyable. Yeah, it really was enjoyable. It's been a tough month and hell, a, a tough year really so far, Tuner. So that was that was kind of nice to watch that. And you know, obviously, I was watching it with you. We were on radio and talking about it. it was really exciting. But one of the cool things, uh, Dooner, was you know my wife got to watch it and show uh, you know with our my daughters, seven uh, and, and six years old, or well, to be eight and six years old in her month. But and like so, space could be a thing in our house now. That's kind of exciting to share that with her. They've never seen that stuff. They didn't know we were blasting off to the to the space station and that type of stuff. So that was very cool. But one thing, watching the docking station. I felt like I was sitting in a plane going, why is it taking them so long to open the door to let me out of this thing? <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, it is a delicate uh, maneuver they're performing up there uh, high up in the heavens, man. You know, <laughs> it is, but the first thing that comes to my mind is, didn't you know they were coming? Yeah. No, I know. It's like, oh, oh man, it's only been taken. It only took like a day. But uh, you know, for me, for me, and I, I think more more so than ever, but I, I love space. And I think having a, a three-year-old and a five-year-old and being able to to share that with them. And the thing I love about space is that it, it represents hope, right? The search for knowledge and, and what is beyond. It's something so ambitious, so monumental, and a picture that will never be complete, but it, it represents progress, right? And and where we will go and a will to go beyond. Frankly, I find it inspiring, and I think we could all use a little hope, especially especially after last weekend. Yeah, agreed. I mean, after you know, after this weekend and the events that are going down, we could use a little bit of that magic and that hope uh, down here on on Earth, right? Is but you know, as heartbreaking and as difficult as it is to to watch and see these events transpiring, it it, it is inspiring to see some of those videos there where you know, uh, the respect was voiced and and the aggrieved were were really shown respect and told how they be how they're being heard and and hopefully that prevails. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, right here in Chattanooga too, we had some we had some peaceful protests. Things didn't go too awry, and it was it was good to see. Uh, especially our police chief out here, he gave a really nice message out to the community. I think that that that's what people need right now is just to know that they're heard and you understand that that there's a grievance going on. So, amen to what you just said, man. Amen, brother. Let's let's move forward. Let's let's hear. Let's listen. Let's have empathy and let's respect each other as human beings, please. Agreed, man. This episode is brought to you by Pilot Flying J Axle Fuel Card, which provides the credit you need with fast approvals and money back. There are no transaction fees and no monthly fees. So sign up for yours today at AxleFuelCard.com. Axle Fuel Card keeps fleets on a roll subject to credit approval and terms and conditions may apply. Nice. <laughs> there we go. Boom. All right. Amazon. Amazon curtails some services. Highways closed as protests impacted freight and driver safety. As protests over the death of George Floyd 
continued around the country on Saturday and into Sunday. Their impact is now spreading into the freight world, especially during the week as people try to make deliveries. Amazon announced that it is recalling drivers and adjusting routes in several cities affected by protests, including Chicago, Los Angeles, and Portland, Oregon. According to Bloomberg, Amazon sent drivers in Chicago and Los Angeles a message advising them to stop delivering packages immediately and return home. They said, and I quote, if you have not completed your route, please return undelivered packages to the pickup location wherever you're able to do so. Uh, and that's according to Bloomberg. Yeah. And it, you know, as protesters started blocking highways, states began closing the roadways for safety reasons in, in, in response to this. And there have also been reports of people being hit by these vehicles. Tensions are high. And we would recommend that dispatch and drivers both remain aware of the situations they may be entering and to reroute or delay accordingly. Kenny Long, who is an administrator of the Popular Rates and Lanes face group, uh, Facebook group, urged drivers to be aware of the situation they're in. Yeah, we've seen some. We've seen several confrontations. One with that big tanker. There's a story that's on it's actually yeah. the lead story on FreightWaves.com right now about the the results that happened with that. But he posted some great advice that I think applies to anybody driving into these situations. He writes. Use extreme caution while driving, especially through major cities and congested areas. Avoid these areas whenever possible, especially after dark. Stay on major highways to avoid traffic congestion and do not stop if confronted. Park in lighted areas at least 50 miles from all areas with protest or uh, any violent activity you may see. Be sure to keep adequate fuel in your truck so you do not need to make unplanned stops. Make sure to double check the routing through these areas when booking loads. Uh, and that's what long wrote to his members. Others are simply suggesting drivers avoid the areas of protest or shut down their trucks until it's safe to resume operations and i think drivers just need to be mindful if they if for some reason they haven't been watching the news um trucks cars anything so a lot of these roads are shut down we've seen some protesters are aware of it some people have been hit by cars so i think people are highly vigilant so just stay away from the area if at all possible yeah, absolutely. Very, very sound advice. You can find yourself in one of those situations. You don't know how you're going to react because you start panicking, right? Yeah. You're in that truck and you want to keep moving and, and you don't know how to do that. And uh, yeah, just stay out if you can. Well, and the thing is, too, that the people protesting don't know your intent either. To them, they're on a closed down road and they see uh, a truck or a car coming towards them. They've heard reports that there have been incidents. There, it, it, it can get to be a hairy situation. So, yeah, uh, add a, stay away if you can. C.H. Robinson, yeah. other companies are calling for change after the killing of George Floyd in Minnesota. With C.H. Robinson Worldwide's headquarters in Eden Prairie, Minnesota, the CEO of the 3PL is speaking out publicly about the racially charged events in Minneapolis, just 12 miles away. Bob Beasterfield, he's the president and CEO, has posted a has posted to LinkedIn a letter, and he sent it to Robinson employees as well, about the death of George Floyd, who died while in custody of the Minneapolis police. In the letter, Beasterfield discusses not only the death of Floyd, but also the protests that followed. Yeah, in the letter, Beasterfield, who became CEO in 2019, said he's uh, he has worked to bring the company's Robinson Edge values forward as part of my leadership mantra for our organization. The Edge values spelled out on the company's website are E for evolve constantly, D for deliver excellence, G grow together, and E embrace integrity. He wrote, as I've watched these events unfold, I'm even more committed to ensuring that I, as a leader and CEO, Robinson as a company stand firmly in our values. It should go without saying that racism and violence are not tolerated. 
Yeah, Beasterfield and Siege Robin were signatories to a pledge signed Wednesday, the day after Floyd's death, with several dozen Minnesota-based individuals and companies. The statement was led by Children's Minnesota. It's a pediatric health care system. The Children's Minnesota statement says it is expected that an investigation of Floyd's death will lead to justice and accountability. They write, it's hard to watch the video of the event as it's clearly evident Mr. Floyd was not being treated with the dignity and respect he was due as a human being. We are committed to taking steps to eliminate the repeat of events like this in society. And it concludes by saying change has to start today and it needs to start with us. Yeah. Amen. And among other nationally recognized signers of the statement are our commodity trader Cargill, U.S. Bank and the Minnesota Wild Hockey Team. Beasterfield also said that uh, C.H. Robinson Worldwide will undertake two specific actions. Beginning in the fall, all employees will participate in inclusivity training to help reinforce the role we all play in creating an inclusive environment, he wrote. Uh, And also, the company will also introduce employee resource groups as a new way to connect and support employees. So uh, taking action, making sure everybody's understanding and well-trained and is empathetic with each other. Yeah, and, and uh, people all across, not just freight industry, across business everywhere, have, have spoken out in su- in support of of especially peaceful protests and uh, and getting this message out there. Uh, Michael Jordan as well. I was just reading an article with him talking about it. Speaking of organizations that are making big, meaningful changes, if you remember in uh, the formerly named show, the Coronavirus Freight Market Update, now the Midday Market Update, uh, one of the first companies we'd call out in the something good was the St. Christopher's Truckers Relief Fund and how they do a lot of their fundraising at live events. Well, things like Matt's and, and most live events have been canceled for the rest of the year, leaving a big hole. In their uh, in their fundraising, so let's call Shannon Courier up. She's the director of philanthropy and development at St. Christopher's Trucker Relief Fund. Let's find out if they've uh, been able to make ends meet and they're being able to support truckers, especially in this uh, this really unique and challenging year in in our industry and many others as well. Yeah. And she writes, as a director of philanthropy and development, Hello? her responsibilities include fundraising, brand development, and corporate relationship development. She's just answered her phone. She's with us now. It's Shannon Courier, director of philanthropy and development, St. Christopher's Truckers Relief Fund. Shannon, thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your time today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Uh, Absolutely. Good, uh, good afternoon, Sharon. Shannon. As I was, Good afternoon. Hey, as I was saying to Michael on here, we, we were talking quite a bit on a show we had called Coronavirus Freight Market Update. Now it's called the Midday Market Update. But one of the things we talked about on there often was that Matt's is a big fundraiser for St. Christopher's. Matt's got canceled. A lot of live events got canceled. And we were concerned there might be a, a hole in your fundraising. How have you managed through this time and, and how's the fund doing now? Well, uh, we are hanging in there, you know, when this all first started, we kind of went into panic mode because we thought, oh my goodness, we we pretty much operate month to month and quarter to quarter on our donations. Everything pretty much goes out as fast as it comes in. And when this coronavirus hit, we thought, how in the world are we going to keep up with an increase in applications from, you know, a pandemic like this? So uh, we panicked for a second and then we pulled up our bootstraps and we started making calls and started reaching out to people we've reached out to before, started reaching out to current donors, asking for more. And I think as a whole, the industry was doing the same thing. Everybody started thinking, oh, my gosh, this is going to affect drivers pretty significantly. What can we do to make sure drivers have the support they need? So we started reaching out. People started reaching out to us that had never heard of us before, that were hearing about us through publications and interviews. And everybody has kind of come together to make sure that we have the support that we need so we can be there to support the drivers that need us. So 
you know, we're in better shape than we thought we were going to be right now. Um, but you know, we're never, we're never sitting back and saying we're good because we do, we just don't know what applications are going to look like from week to week and month to month. You did get a couple of, of big ones from some companies you've actually named during the show. You got a hundred thousand from Pilot Company, Loves Travel Shops and Country Stores, Progressive Insurance, and CHRW. Uh, that's CH Robinson. They gave you fifty thousand. So, any any more good news to share on that end? Any other companies step up? Oh, we've had lots of companies step up. Those are hugely significant donations. Those are not typical donations that come into St. Christopher Fund. So we're very thankful for those. You know, Pilot's been one of our sponsors for like the last six years, but they really wanted to step up and do something huge this time. So they they came in at 100,000. Loves, of course, came in at 100,000. And so we're happy to have them on board. C.H. Robinson, uh, first-time donors. So we're happy to have them on board. We also had... um, PACAR has donated 20000 We had um, Yokohama Tire jump in with us at 20000 at 10000 I'm sorry. And uh, Sitgo Petroleum jumped in at 15000 And then we've had several, you know, some 5000 One Beacon Insurance jumped in um, to be a part of what we're doing. So, yeah, we've had quite a bit of support, um, you know, in larger donations than what we typically get. That's really good news, Shannon. And, and I think you made a, a, a really good point that I want to kind of reiterate is you feel like you're in good shape, but you can always use more donations because the more donations you get, the more good that you can do. Right. So uh, it, people keep keep giving, keep supporting. And, and it's been a tough year, really, for the industry with 40 million unemployed Americans and truckers need your support more than ever. So, Shannon, can you give us some insight into what kind of aid it, that you've been assisting with? Because we talk about it kind of generically about how you're helping truckers with uh, and their families that are going through rough times. But can you give us some a uh, little more insight on what kind of aid you're assisting with? Yes, absolutely. So we are able to help truck drivers when they have to come off the, off the road because of an injury or an illness. And that injury or illness, of course, affects them financially. Uh, we do have calls that are saying, I'm not getting miles or my loads are canceled. And, and those are not situations, unfortunately, we can help in. We love to help everybody in every situation, but we just don't have the funds. We're 100% donation-based. So if drivers reach out fill out an application because of an injury or illness, then we can step in and pay necessity household expenses like rent or mortgage, utility bills, insurance payments, and vehicle payments. And all of our payments are made directly to the bill holders. We don't actually give the driver any money. Uh, Once they're approved, they have to send their bills to us, and we pay the bill holders directly. So we know where every penny goes. Uh, We're 100% accountable to our board and to all of our donors about how our money is used. Tough times like these, they can bring out the best and the worst in people. Fortunately, in our industry, we've seen a groundswell of support for truckers. Has that awareness and that spread of awareness really helped out in light of the, the lack of events to spread things? You know, it has because when Matt's canceled, you know, we were thinking, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? Because not only do we make, you know, receive donations and, and bring in support at these shows, but we all, this is critical for us to make face-to-face contacts with, with people. So uh, when Matt's canceled, we were a little, you know, nervous and, and what are we going to do? And then when Gat's canceled, that is really our largest fundraising event. Uh, we have a auction that goes on out there in the parking lot on Saturday night of the show. We typically raise, well, the last couple of years, we've raised sixteen and $17,000. And those two years, Heartland Express has stepped in and matched what we raised. So we were, you know, 
looking at thirty-five to forty thousand dollars that was not going to come in from that show. Um, so these donations have definitely helped that. Um, but the awareness, you know, we've been picked up. Of course, industry publications have always been so good to St. Christopher Fund, sharing what we do and how it works and why we do it. But we've also had some national exposure that we've never gotten before. So one, that's going to increase awareness, which is going to increase applications. But it's also been very effective. Um, people, general population, and are finding out about us, and they're making donations. And so those could be anywhere from $5. to We've had $1,000 donations just from individuals that heard about us on like a PBS NewsHour. Well, so hey, we're very... Jenna, I got I got some good news for you. Talk about fundraising right in the comments here on LinkedIn. TJ Waisaki says Molo Solutions will be on board shortly with over fifty thousand dollars. All right. No way. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you to Molo Solutions. I uh, yes. we'll, we'll follow up with them uh, on that, or you guys will. But really cool to see that, and happy to see that in the comment section right during your segment on here. Uh, wh- what's your record for donations? Because if we can do something right in 2020, Michael Vincent, let's shatter that record. <laughs> hey, man, let's well, make I'll it tell on <laughs> The most we've ever raised was about $720. And this year, our we have a, a new board president, our old board president, Tom Lickus from Tia Petra, retired. And Joyce Brenny from Brenny Transportation has stepped in as our new president. And our goal for 2020 is to bring in a million dollars. So, uh, so how we're going to get there, we don't know. Pounds. We're going to get there because of things like this. <laughs> <laughs> Love to hear it, right, Michael? Yeah, so the record was 720 k right? And we need to shatter yes, a million is what we're going for, right? That's what we're trying to get to. And, and you think about that in, in this crazy time that we're in, you, you wonder how we're ever going to get there. But, wow. uh, you know, one day at Let's, a time and one person at a time, one company at a time. Let's help make it happen, Dooner. What do you say? So, Shannon, where do people go to learn more and to donate? Absolutely. Go to our website. It's truckersfund.org. Or you can follow us on all social media platforms, too. Of course, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. We're we're everywhere. So you can find us wherever you are. We also have a podcast, um, and you can find that on our website as well. Thank you so much, Shannon. We really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Take care. Thank you, Shannon. Man, and thank you to TJ Waisaki. Amazing. Right during the comments on this, Molo Solutions will be on board shortly with over 50000 We really appreciate that, TJ. Uh, you might want to contact Emily, too. Maybe they'll put a little piece together on on all of that, and we'll just we'll try to we'll try to help them break that record, right? Get over that $1 million goal. I think we can do it as an industry. I, I think we can, too. And what a nice shot in the arm. That was, that was some good news today, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> glad, glad she Mike answered dropped. the phone call, right? <laughs> I love it. I love uh, it. You know, now we're going to call a guest. And this this gentleman, Kenneth Carter III, he has been following a lot of our live shows. He's been uh, he's the president of Ameriton Freight and Logistics, LLC. He's been in the comments on Put That Coffee Down on almost every episode. He always has these great insights to share. I'll let him share those with you. We're going to dial him up right now, and he will tell us all about his journey to becoming the president of Ameriton Freight, being a, having a CDL, being a licensed driver, what he's learned through his career. And uh, that's dialing up right now. He's, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've been looking forward to talking to him. He's got such an interesting story, and and I I, I love his attitude. I love his ethics. He's a uh, he's a professional class. 
He's a professional CDL Class A driver since 2001. He gained his driving education in the military. He's, cover- he's the president of Ameritime Freight and Logistics, a freight brokerage firm. His mission is to provide and supply as much information as possible to empower our clients' business. And his purpose is to fill lives with optimism and work to engender positive self-worth. Kenneth Carter III, welcome to the show. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, we're, we're, we're doing great, man. Uh, our reason we invite you on is, like, like I mentioned, I've noticed you in the comments on a lot of Freightways Live show. I've taken an interest into the, the message you're putting out there, you're the channeling of mental focus. And actually, it was just today you posted the pessimist. You quoted Winston Churchill, and you said, the pessimist sees difficulty in every opportunity. The optimist sees opportunity in every difficulty. And this has been a year with a lot of difficulties. Dive into that a little bit, Kenneth. For me personally, I've been through a lot. Been, I've been to the bottom, I've been to the top, but what really affected me is when I hit the bottom. And I, you guys know, like through my posts, I've been to prison and I, I went through the hard times. And that's when I saw what I needed to see in myself. I was hiding it and I was lying to myself and I really pointed out my weaknesses. And when I got to my weaknesses, I realized that's what I need to work on. And that's really what we are for our company, Ameritime Freight. And our values are professionalism, empathy, reliability, care, and honesty. And those truly were my weaknesses. So now I preach it and I live by it. That, 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 that's really uh, inspirational. You know, I, I worked inside prisons and uh, it was eye-opening to me. And I almost, I've talked about it before, you almost, you, you, it almost should be required that somebody does that so you have a little bit more empathy and you understand where people are coming through them. And, and your, your story is amazing, Kenneth. You, you also posted that I thought was really interesting and, and, and very well uh, posted was education breeds confidence, confidence breeds hope, and hope breeds peace. And I think that's a message that we can all get on board with right now. Tell us a little bit more about your background, if you can, and how that's helped you guide your company. Okay. Well, like I said, it all started from being at the bottom and I just started reading and I never really know what I wanted to do in life. So when I, I I have an analogy. So I got off, I got on this road, I had a full tank of gas, I had money in my pocket. And then I, I was running out of gas and I got off the exit and I didn't have a fuel station there. And that's how I look at my life. I never knew where I was going. So it doesn't matter how much you have, you don't know where you're going. So from there, I started reading self-help books to see what I need to do to better myself, to be better for everyone. And I just started educating myself. And this business has been growing. And I started just, I started in prison. For two and a half years, all I did is read, read, study, work on systems. And that made me who I am today. And I'm proud of it. Hey, Kenneth, C.H. Robinson's at the top of the show. We talked about C.H. Robinson CEO Bob Beasterfield, Nike, Michael Jordan. Other industry leaders have spoken out about what's going on in America right now. Do you think more CEOs, business leaders, uh, people that people listen to should be should be speaking out with empathy uh, what's going on in America right now? Definitely. I think the leaders, they have a voice and they need to use that. They need to use that that, that optimism and that positivity to let people realize that we will get over this like we get over everything else and to understand what people go through. Because if you don't empathize with what these people are going through, it makes, makes you seem inconsiderate and pretty ignorant. So if you just understand what they're going through and talk to them, let them have a voice. And from there, we all can grow together. That, that's excellent, excellent yeah. advice. Now, don't just sit there and be quiet as a leader, speak up, talk about these things and, and, uh, uh, that that's the first step, right? I, I, I love that sentiment. It, it, it resonates beautifully. And uh, so 
Kenneth, can you kind of explain to us a little bit of, uh, you know, how has your team really navigated through this tough market this year? And are you hopeful for a recovery? What do you, what do you see moving forward? Well, um, we're, we're starting off. We're pretty fresh and we, uh, incorporated in January. So right when we started off good, the coronavirus came in, but we pretty much, we just shifted and stay optimistic with me being such a positive person. It really hasn't affected us. We just kind of shift our strategy and just became stronger and we see positivity out of this. And it's now with our niche right now, we're doing hotel liquidation. So you have to look at the things that's going on around you and see where you can find an opportunity. And a lot of retail places are going out of businesses, out of business. You have hotels that they're losing their revenue. So those are opportunities where we find that we can help out. Kenneth, there's a lot of there's a lot of worry in America. You mentioned starting a business during COVID nineteen. There's a big pandemic. There's over forty million people unemployed. There's protests raging across America. What do you say to people, or how do you remain optimistic? What are what are your what's some grounding skills you could impart on people who are are waking up on Monday like I was, really kind of down. You know, I I, I was feeling a little. I, I wasn't a hundred percent this morning, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the whole world is like that right now. What I would say to everyone is the next day is better. Just let's get over this day, try to do the best you can this day, and tomorrow is better. One of my favorite things that I, I like to quote is own the day. Just make the best of today. Own it, and tomorrow you get over it, and you try it again. And as long as you own the day each day, then the day's yours. Wow. Well, I, I I love that, and 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 Kenneth, it, it reminds me of, uh, you know, the, the saying that every moment is a chance to reinvent yourself, right? So no matter what is happening right this second, your decision right now determines the rest of your life and moving forward. Are you going to be optimistic, or are you, or are you going to be uh, a pessimist? And and I love the fact that you guys incorporated in January, and that boom, you were hit with headwind after headwind after headwind. But here you guys are moving forward, and it's really a testament to your, uh, I guess, your leadership and also your attitude and obviously your people are uh, are, are following your lead it, it, it is really 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 great stuff yeah definitely and me and my girlfriend Abigail we started this company together and we have our t- ups and downs tough times but we we push through and like Jim Rohn you ever heard of the ant philosophy from Jim Rohn no no uh, no well okay so there's two philosophies that go with that first of all the ant never stops you get in the ant's way, he's going to find another way. Left, right, up, or down. They just never stop going. And their second philosophy is they think winter in the summer, and they think summer in the winter. So when things are positive, think negative so you can keep trying. And when things are negative, think positive. It keeps you going. You know what? And, you know, that makes a lot of sense to The ants are always carrying their load, always always bringing it home or, or going <laughs> out to bring it back, right? They're not stopping to look behind. They're not saying, oh, I had to just walk through some jelly, you know? They're just making it right back to the huddle. <laughs> uh, exactly. Chris Jolly says uh, he, he loves your philosophy. And Kenneth, I, I definitely would like to invite you on Put That Coffee Down in the future so we can talk a little bit more about business. But I really appreciate you lending your time today and sharing your story with us and the What the Truck audience. How do people go out? How do they reach out and learn more and, and continue the conversation with you? Well, you can go on our website, AmeritonFreight.com. We have Ameritime Freight on every platform. Or LinkedIn, Kenneth Carter, the Roman numeral three, which I'm going to change my name because of you doing it, the KC3. I love it, man, right? We got to get some T-shirts. We got them <laughs> KC3 shirts, man. I dig it. Hey, thank I love you. It. So- Let's do it. Thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. I'm doing it to do. Thank you so much. Y'all have a great night. Wow. wow. Thank I- you, Kenneth. 
Powerful story, man. Powerful story. And it, it, this is a guy who uh, forged of iron made of steel, you know, spent spent time in the joint and took that time to make himself better. Started a company, started a company at the beginning of COVID-19, at the beginning of of a national am- yeah. epidemic, along with other all, all the other nonsense that's been going on this year. And uh, and here he is still still positive, you know, waking up in America on, on Monday after all that's gone on. And this guy is like, I got my aunt philosophy. I am still moving forward. Me and my girlfriend started this company. We got a goal. We have a purpose. And tomorrow's going to be a better day. And I think that that's those are words we can all live by. Absolutely, absolutely, Dooner. I was I was writing those down because we're we're keeping a list of those great those great quotes, and I think Kenneth has has some really good ones. Or uh, Casey three actually yes. has has some good ones, as he will be affectionately and respectfully known from here on out <laughs> on what the truck is. Casey three, right? Yeah. But but really really good stuff and inspiring to be able to start this thing in in January, and then like I said, just get you know every possible hurdle that he, that could come his way and just stay positive and keep going. That ant philosophy. Did he say that was Jim Rome? Is that what he said? I thought he said Jim Rome, like from Rome is burning on ESPN. I wasn't, I wasn't uh, sure. Yeah. I wasn't sure of that either. I was, but uh, yeah, it's a great philosophy. Uh, Love Jim, Jim Rome's other philosophy is don't make fun of Jim Everett when you're interviewing him. So, little old <laughs> school reference. <laughs> you remember when he got beat up by Jim Everett? He kept calling him Chris Everett yes. after the tennis player and they threw him over a table. <laughs> yeah, Jim Rome. All right, so here, Grace Sharkey says, "Happy Monday, Timothy Junior." Mark, Mark, uh, Mark Horowitz. He says, "Happy Monday, everybody." And then let's see here, uh, Marina Ivanov. She says, "Thank you, Shannon. I am so glad to see that programs like these exist. I'll be reaching out to get set up as I see lots of drivers having to step off for medical reasons. This would help them out so much." TJ says, "This was a group effort." Andrew Silver will be reaching out shortly. That's Andrew Silver for for Molo. Uh, Jennifer Claymore, who's been we're calling now, she's done a great documentary on truckers. She says, looking forward to speaking with us about her doc, Be Prepared to Stop. Shannon Courier says she looks forward to talking with all of these people. And uh, man, wonderful stuff. You know what? We have a trailer for her documentary. So let's roll the trailer and then we'll call Jennifer right up. It's hard to imagine what kind of economy we would have in the United States without the interstate highway system. There are so many more people using this system than there were 50 years ago. It's unbelievable. There are literally times where I have difficulty hanging on to the steering wheel of this truck because I've hit a pothole. The bridges are old and just falling apart. 200 million times a day motorists in the United States are driving over structurally deficient bridges in in urban areas. Sometimes it's kind of hard just to be able to get from point A to point B. Most people do not realize that every tangible object, every piece of food they consume was most likely in a truck before it got to them. Basically, to the general public, we are invisible unless something goes wrong. Wow, powerful stuff. This this documentary, Be Prepared to Stop, it's now available on YouTube. It's a it's an hour-long film and it focuses on the the same issues the trucking industry has been trying to tell the general public about for years. Let's dial her up and get her uh, let's let's get to talking about it, Michael. Uh, and it, it talks about yeah, the vital role. The vital role that this plays, uh, even as the most visible people in our supply chain truck drivers are treated Hello? with curiosity at best and contempt at worst. It's Jennifer. Is it climber? 
it's climber, like rock or tree or social. Yes. Oh, and Grace Sharkey, she says, <laughs> oh my God, this looks amazing in our comments. Well, Grace, you are in luck. In the show notes, there'll be a link to this, and I'll post a link in the, the comments when we put this poster. Connect with uh, Jennifer. She's right. I think she's right here in the LinkedIn comments, Grace, and you can you can check out her documentary. It's a 2016 documentary. It's filmmaker Jennifer Climore. She made it about trucking. She's the granddaughter of a trucker. And she said the most discouraging thing. This is what you said. The most discouraging thing you heard back and was the repeated question. Why is a woman making a movie about trucks? And to me, that's kind of an, an ignorant question, but let's entertain it. Why did you make a movie about trucks? Well, I drive on the same roads that the trucks drive on. Um, the people that I care about are traveling over the bridges that are D, D minus rated. Um, someone had to say something and why not have it be someone that, um, you know, I was going to say something crude and I'm so sorry. I, I was going to say about uh, gender, but why not have it be a woman? Um, hopefully what everyone will discover in watching this film is we attack what can be perceived as um you know a dry topic like how entertaining is trucking how entertaining is the supply chain we we try and make it as entertaining and as informative um it's like the spoonful of sugar with the medicine we are at a critical point in our infrastructure and the lack of attention that it, it has had over the past 30 40 years um and yeah, why not a passionate individual, regardless of man or woman, who has the opportunity to, to tell this story? Yeah, a- absolutely perfect answer. I agree with you 100%. This yeah. is Michael. Thank you for, for coming on, by the, uh, oh, uh, by the way. Um, so you, you, you said you, you hope that this film can change the hearts and minds for people who don't have a good understanding of, this, of the particular demands on truck drivers. And it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great time, actually, for this to come out and start talking about this because supply chain, and you're talking about this kind of non-sexy industry, this boring industry, is actually quite exciting industry. And I think people are finding out just how important it is. But what are some of those demands and misconceptions that, that you've learned about in the making of, of this documentary? Well, there is, um, certainly there's a difference between hours of service from when my grandfather was driving a truck than what we currently have and what's legislated. Um, there's also a major difference in how the infrastructure is funded. It's still the system of um, taxes and, and license fees and things like that going into the Highway Trust Fund, but now more people are driving fuel-efficient cars. They're driving electric cars. Um, less less funding is going into that bucket that is supposed to just take care of, well, 75% of which takes care of the highway system and um, the infrastructure, and then 25% goes to public transit. But we're getting less and less because people are, again, not consuming as much gas. Certainly, the time that we're in right now, people aren't driving at all. So we have to re-examine how we fund the infrastructure and how we support the legislators and not just support, but communicate to them that this is something that matters. It. I don't have children, but I have nie- nieces and nephews and godchildren who are on school buses that are going over 
bridges that are on inferior infrastructure. We are not just talking about supply chain. It's about lives. And um, as you watch the documentary, you will see one of the people that we talk with talk about just the fact that our outdated infrastructure is responsible for about a third of the loss of life on our highways. And that's unacceptable. Uh, uh, completely, completely. And you know what? You you also brought up a, a good point in your interview on Freightways. We did an article on there. And, uh, you know, this year it took uh, it took nobody being able to wipe their for a month for thank a trucker uh-huh. to start uh-huh. to start trending. And, and your movie looks yeah. at what would happen with a day without a truck or five days without a truck in America. What did you learn when investigating what would happen if the trucks just grind to a halt? Well, I, it's pretty devastating by day three, but. You look at day five without a truck, and we're kind of there. I mean, we we were we tried to again be entertaining, a little tongue in cheek, try and make it a little more dramatic. Day five without a truck for us ends with civil unrest, and certainly the civil unrest that we are seeing right now is not because of lack of supply chain or lack of the goods that you are so accustomed to just having readily available to you. It is for a much deeper, more important reason that we're seeing civil unrest. But um, that those surveys that we were looking at to give us information for what would happen three days in where you don't have clean linens in your hospital and there's no cash available at ATMs and all of these things pile up in such a short period of time that in under a week, um, without a truck, we are screwed. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have had a cowbell. No, oh, uh, you can say screwed. Screwed is perfectly fine on, on this broadcast. Okay. Yeah, that's, right. uh, it's acceptable. By the way, terribly, terribly disappointed that I had to follow KC3 because he's the bomb. Oh, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> KC3 is pretty solid. Yeah, he, he brings a lot to the table. <laughs> he yeah. really does. I, I when I was when I was going through your thing and you you jumped from day day uh, I think like uh, day one to day five. I was like, what about three? We're really in trouble on day three. I'm glad you said that day three <laughs> things look, look really bad. But so you could, how did you connect with Steve Williams, the chairman and CEO of Maverick Transportation, uh, who who seemed to provide a lot of insight and inspiration in the documentary? He did. Um, I am really fortunate to have been connected with a lot of uh, wonderful films and documentaries in my career. I was at um, a hotel checking in for a film festival for one of my other films um, in Washington, D.C., and my room wasn't ready, so I'm sitting in the lobby, and I'm pretty friendly. I'll talk to just about anybody. Um, There were two guys there, and I started chatting them up, and this one guy had a very clear southern accent and or midwest accent so I, I was like what are you here for and he said well you know i'm here to make some positive change I was like well that is always a good thing to hear and i'll lean into that what kind of positive change are you talking about and he hemmed and hauled around it a little bit and finally he said i, I don't normally tell people quickly but i'm in the trucking industry and i said oh i love truckers and he scoffed and he said i never hear that like, I very rarely hear anybody reply, I love truck drivers. I said, I was raised to understand that, and I know this is antiquated, but I was raised that they were the knights of the road. Those were the people that if you were in trouble, they really understood um, how to help somebody. They, you could 
you could get in to a, a line of trucks and know that you were safely going to get to your destination. Um, so I, I quickly said, they're the Knights of the Road. And he scoffed again. And he said, well, that's not how people think about us. And I'm here because I need the legislators to understand the funding for literally our lifeline for our work needs to be better. Like raise my damn taxes. I just got out of a meeting where I said that to the vice president. And of course, at that point I was fully in like, I want to know everything that you're talking about. And there's probably so much that I don't know about this industry that I, that I love that I would be angry driving on the one Oh one in Los Angeles, watching people cut truck drivers off. I explained to him, I I want to, so dangerous, so dangerous. I would want to just like nudge them over to the shoulder of the road, take them out, shake them by their own shoulders and say, do you not understand physics? Your 5,000 pound (laughs) car means nothing to that 80,000 pound truck. And that truck driver can't see you. So you are putting yourself, him and all of the other truck drivers and all of the other people trying to get wherever they need to be going behind you in, in a great deal of jeopardy. And the stuff that you're interested in running to the store and buying is probably on the back of the truck that you just cut off. You idiot. <laughs> yeah. A true story. Of course. <laughs> Jennifer, Jennifer, I mean, we don't want to give the whole pizza away. So how do people go <laughs> and, and watch, uh, how do they go and watch the documentary? Well, we have made it available for free in this time of pandemic because uh, now is a great time where people are probably through watching their Netflix watch list. Um, You can go to youtube.com and search Be Prepared to Stop. You'll find the documentary plus um, some added material. Uh, We showed the documentary in the Capitol to legislators and um, their associates. And had a panel after that. So you'll see a, a bunch of pieces that we have um, in support of the documentary. But it's so critical that not just the people who are inside the industry watch it, because I got to be honest, I didn't make it for you. I made it for your friends and your family and the people who are putting you and your fellow industry members in danger driving dangerously. I want them to understand it is all of our responsibility to share the road responsibly and to contact our legislators and say, we cannot just sit still and let these roads that are our lifeline crumble underneath us. Yeah. You got to do something. Jennifer, and and you are, and you're doing the Lord's work. A couple people in the comments, Lynette Hughes, she said she's very excited to see the film. And Brandon Dawson says, thanks to the introduction to Jennifer Clymore. Uh, Can't wait to watch the show. Excellent stuff. We'll also put a link to the comments. So if you're listening to this or watching it back, you can click on a link to our video. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you guys so much. Oh, and a side (laughs) note, I did sing on the the documentary because, you know, I'm in entertainment. I'm very happy to do a backing track for your new minute long uh, theme song. So oh. let me know if you're interested. Do you have anything in mind that you got a little uh, oh, bar yeah. you can sing right now? Um, well, I, I heard it this morning and thought, oh, I can augment that for sure. Oh. So let me work on it and I will send you something. Okay, we will circle back to you on that one. Thank you very much. And we're going to hold you to it. Take it easy, Jennifer. We really appreciate you got time it. Today. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Jennifer. We're like, this is, this is becoming its own little thing now. People giving their contributions to our show. And I, you know, I, I blame Lance Healy. 
you know, the, the cowbell was the start of it, but then Lance really put himself out there during the biggest event in freight that's ever happened. Well, virtually freight waves live at home. And he, he played that, uh, he played that mouth harp like a champ. Like he could have been a blues. Yeah. <laughs> It, it went from us trying to call out people for just having random instruments and pretend to play them to Lance having his harmonica right there in his pocket, ready to roll. Yeah. <laughs> and, he blew, and he blew it away. He did awesome. You know what I love, too? I love that our guests, after they come on, they, they hang out afterwards, like in this virtual green room on LinkedIn. And, and, and Shannon, she says, I'm looking forward to seeing this documentary. I, I spent a week on the road with a great driver, Greg Daniels, and commented many times about roads needing IB, about the roads needing ibuprofen and how people drive around <laughs> with trucks. Oh, yeah, summer gets even worse. And we were talking about all people stuck in quarantine. They forgot how to drive after two months. And you, you get them back out there anxious and, uh, and rambunctious. Let's talk about some big deals and little deals with Emily Zink. Let's throw her up on the table. And before we even get into her reads, I have two, two that I'm going to send at both of you. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the first two here because they're impromptu ones. Is Emily oh, up there? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm here, dude. I'm ready. I, I haven't gotten to, I only asked the question, so I'm excited to participate. Okay. We'll start with you. Big deal or little deal, Molo Solutions, while watching What the Truck, has decided to donate $50,000 to the St. Christopher's Relief Fund. Just the news, too. I was looking to turn my frown upside down after a tough weekend. That's a huge deal. Not just a big deal. It's a huge deal. Uh, You and Vincent have been talking about this fund for months, and obviously... The story was, where's the money going to come from with mats being canceled? And people have just stepped up in this incredible way, and they're on track to have a record year. But 50K in one donation and live on What the Truck, I think that's quite exciting. How about you, Vincent? Yeah, is is, is that me? Uh, That's you. Big deal. Yeah, who's who's this Vincent guy you talk about? (laughs) I don't know who that is. But uh, (laughs) isn't he on that other show? Uh, Huge deal, and and awesome that they chose to do it right. You know, right, right in the middle of the show, which was which was uh, makes me feel good, Dooner, because it it is a mission here. We're going to break that million, and it's absolutely huge, huge, huge deal. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and here's a second. We'll start with you, Vincent. We got an email from. From Tammy over at NASA, after we did the show with Mark Weiss on Friday, and I implore you all go go listen to Friday's episode. It's it's excellent. We also we also replayed it and broke it down and watched the launch live on Freightwaves Radio and Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking on Saturday as it happened. But they sent us a letter and said that the Demo 2 team, the entire Demo 2 team, watched that episode of What the Truck before liftoff. What do you think of that? Big deal or little deal? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think it's a, I think it's a big deal. Uh, I, I feel, uh, honored that we were actually demo to, to the, to the team prior to launch. I think, I think it was, I think it was great. And I think to them, they, it was a big deal because it, it was showing them the inspiration that they're showing to the rest of, uh, of the world and the hope that they're, they're bringing to, uh, all, all of us right in the, in the great exploration of space and, and what they're doing and all the good things that these, uh, exploration does. Uh, it's not just like we talked about with Mark Weiss. It's not just lighting a fuse and, and shooting a rocket up and saying, Hey, we did it. There's so much good that comes out of this. And, uh, I think it's a huge deal that, that we were able to, uh, give them a little inspiration as they felt. Yeah, I could not have said it better myself. I, it's incredible. We met them. We met Tammy and Mark and some other folks from NASA in Nashville back in January. And they thought it was so cool that we had a TV station and it was really funny because we were all like, you guys are from NASA. You're a lot cooler than we are. So it's really cool to have that friendship that we've fostered over the last few months. And I was just blown away when I saw that email. And like Vincent said, I think this was inspiring for the country. It's what we need right now. So it was incredible to watch on Saturday. 
Excellent stuff. All right, let's get in the main game. Yes, now it's back to you guys. So the quarterly earnings report of Canada's BMO Bank, one of the largest lenders to the trucking sector in North America, reflected a deterioration of the company's book of business within the industry. Michael Vincent, is this news a big deal or a little deal? Uh, it, it, it's a big deal because John Kingston says so. You know, <laughs> uh, you know he's go. I think he's going to be on the midday market update tomorrow, right? And yeah, he, will, uh, <laughs> he is. But but in all seriousness, uh, when when Kingston writes or talks, I, I listen. Very smart man. Uh, but it is it is a big deal because it's showing some. It's showing. It's a, it's a deterioration. It is showing, and it is an indicator of the health of the transportation industry. And we all know that it's been severely uh, uh, harmed by what is going on right now in, in the crisis. And, and it, but as as we come out of this, um, we need that infrastructure and, and the capacity and the supply chain to be healthy. And this shows that it it, it, it is not extremely healthy. As as we saw, write offs I think jumped forty percent from quarter to quarter, up to thirty five million Canadian dollars. But last year it was only fourteen million. And those are write offs where they just say, well, we're not going to get this loan back. You know, I think it's a I think it's a big deal, too, and not just because of those loans, but I think it highlights an even bigger point in the industry is that payment terms are going to be coming up. Those 60, 90 day, 120 terms that, that get extended, uh, eventually someone's going to have to pay, right? An invoice are going to have to exchange. And is the money going to be there? That's that's a situation that I'm really curious about, too, because we could see an even greater collapse if people just keep defaulting on bills. And let's hope that doesn't happen. But to me, I think it's a big deal. But I'm looking forward to tomorrow on Midday Market Update when John Kingston gives us a little bit more more insight because i'm not afraid to say i need to be a little bit more educated yeah amen and kingston will join us tomorrow at noon eastern time and as you guys said when kingston talks we all listen as the economy begins to reopen and most states start to relax their coronavirus shutdown orders freight volumes as we know they the rates and volumes are rising but according to patrick donnelly he is a senior analyst at third bridge don't expect the trucking industry to recover until 20 21. That's what Patrick is saying. Dooner, is this a big deal or a little deal? Yeah, I'll tell you one more big deal. Andrew Silver is from Molo. He's in the comments right now, and he says, happy to chat about the St. Christopher's Trucker Fund. Shannon, uh, thanks for the partnership, Timothy Dooner. Absolutely. And Andrew, I'll extend an invitation to you. If you want to come on What the Truck on Friday, we'll be glad to have you on here, and we can talk about what's been up with Molo and uh, and obviously highlight the donation because it's worth highlighting. Um so Third Bridge, economy reopened, states are relaxing, shut down, freight volumes are up, don't expect the trucking industry to recover. Uh, it's tough to say. You know, we've been talking about this swoosh Nike recovery. Is it going to be V-shaped, W-shaped? I'm more of the volition that's going to be kind of W because we're, we're seeing up and downs. And I, I look back to just those retail invoices, all those invoices getting canceled at 10 15% of freight, and that has to touch our market. Uh, I, I talked about this on radio, but I think an interesting company to watch too on recovery is Peloton because a lot of people are buying all their exercise bikes because they're stuck in lockdown. And I think uh, it'll be good news when, when Peloton starts selling less bikes because it means people are going back to gyms, <laughs> which means they're outspending money. I know it sounds like a weird sort of telltale, but Peloton is one of my indicators. So we've got an inverse correlation with Peloton bikes. Yes. We need to start uh, <laughs> tracking that on a daily basis. I think so. We need to sell our chart. 
<laughs> I think the recovery of of, of the freight market and uh, trucking industry is a big deal. I think that uh, what uh, Patrick Donnelly has said here is not that big a deal. I think, and because of this. We saw huge influxes of capacity and people entering into the industry in 2018. Uh, when this, when we start growing and coming back, we'll see people start to come back into this. I think that the the industry will grow as the economy grows. I think we've got to get through a few uh, months here, or uh, hopefully not years, but I think more like months, multiple months here of of sustained recovery uh, in both the economic front and and the uh, you know the the downtick of Corona virus getting over that that hump and making sure that that flattens that curve flattens and, and i think we'll come out of this okay and i'm leaning more towards a v-shape than a w i was a w man for for a while but i'm 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 moving more and more closely towards uh more of a v-shaped and definitely something we'll continue to watch well a small main base trucking firm has sued the u.s small business administration for denying it a paycheck protection program loan the suit filed earlier in the month in portland maine alleges that mg transport's request for a ppe loan was denied because the company is currently operating under chapter 11 bankruptcy vincent big deal or a little deal that they're getting denied <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna call this a little deal, and I'm gonna also give you a little caveat that I'm pretty I, I don't know all the ins and outs of the uh, PPP uh, program and or the different filings of bankruptcy, uh, but I think it's more of a little deal, and I think that you know they, they said in there that the first line really of the application for a PPP says, you know, basically if you if you're in Chapter 11 or you file Chapter 11, you you're, you're you're not going to get approved, so don't bother. So we really don't know if they actually applied or not, I think was in that article. But again, also, the bankruptcy chapter 11, they're already in the proceedings. That's that's to protect you from, from creditors, et cetera, and help you come in business. So it seems like you're kind of double dipping a little bit going in the PPP program as well. And I think that's maybe why that regulation is in there. But I'm going to call it a little deal um, for those reasons. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree that it's a, it's a smaller deal. They're they're fighting over it's one company. They're they're fighting over a uh, you know an asterisk or a, a peculiarity in the in the law. You know it's it's stated in there as in the application as Michael Vincent said. Uh, I, I, one thing I have noticed though is it does seem like this second wave of PPE PPP worked because you know on Freightways.com we haven't been reporting a bunch of small closures and the reason why is they haven't really been happening for us to report. So hopefully these loans have kept some of these companies buoyant. Well, on this story of on the subject, excuse me, of coronavirus, this story really it starts making you think about um, it was interesting. We're talking about the sacrifices that truck drivers make and kind of their perception with the last guest who was just on. And this really makes you think some truck drivers are sacrificing their home time to protect their family during COVID-19. For example, a truck driver that we um, profiled, his name is Mike Baker. He has actually stayed out on the road for more than 80 days now without going going home to his family because he is fearful he will infect them. So, Dooner, is this a big deal or a little deal? It's a pretty big deal. I mean, truck drivers already spend a lot of time away from the family and extending that even further can't help with the mental health of the driver. We don't highlight that enough. And I think that, uh, you know, empathetic about anything as well is is just the the state of the road and being away from family. And it's, it's very noble of these the drivers who are staying away from home to not want to hurt their families. Uh, what do you think, Michael Vince? We got a kind of lightning round this because we're running out of time. We got a few more to get through. 
I'm going to go big deal. I'm a big family guy. And knowing that these people are sacrificing their family time and being with their kids and family in order to keep things moving for the rest of us is, is a big deal to know about. I think it's also a big deal is because he doesn't know if he's positive coronavirus at any given time. So testing might let this guy see his kids every once in a while. Yeah, good answer there. I'm going to take my own creative liberty and cut out one of the questions. Next question, Amazon patented a blockchain system to fight counterfeiting in its supply chain. I know we have a story coming out later today on FreightWaves.com about this. Dooner, big deal or little deal? It's a huge deal. Amazon has, the way Amazon's inventory system works is I understand it. A lot of goods get commingled under the same skew. So that, that, that system is ripe for abuse by third-party sellers. When they open their marketplace to third-party sellers and it started coming into their warehouse fulfilled by... Amazon products from all over started ending up in the same bin. So now you never know if you're getting real Ray-Bans or counterfeit Ray-Bans or, you know, it, even worse, if you're getting real hand sanitizer, real Purell or fake Purell, uh, especially with medication, the, the two most highly fabricated co- things are makeup and medication, things we put on and in our bodies. So this is a very, very serious issue. And also leads me, it, it hurts Amazon business-wise. It, it leads me, and, and I know other people, uh, maybe not everybody, but it leads me to order directly from manufacturers on sensitive items or things that are high copyrightable uh, or highly counterfeitable. I'm going to agree with I'm going to agree with Dooner. Uh, it's a big deal. It's a it's a good thing to have this type of verification to eliminate those counterfeit items that are potentially harmful. They're harmful economically to to those that are legitimately producing them. That they can also be harmful to the people that are using them if they're not exactly what they say they are. So, big deal there. I also think it's a big deal to be concerned that it is a patented blockchain system by Amazon. So, what does that mean for others that want to use this or develop this as well? Well, guys, we got about 90 seconds left, but I know Vincent was excited mm. about this last question. <laughs> Drive-ins may be back in style yeah. as concerts come to cars to entertain yeah. people. I love this idea. Is this a big deal or a little deal, Michael Vincent? I think I know I think your thoughts. I think it's a huge, massively cool idea uh, and big deal, and I can't wait for it to come back. Uh, I'm, I'm heading to the drive-in as soon as we get off this show. I love them. I think it's huge. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, look, they've canceled all the major festivals. Uh, even Coachella, they push all their, their artists to next year. So I think drive-ins are cool. Yeah. I think it's a way to get people out of the house in a positive way um, and, and to dig it. I, hopefully they, they do something not as awkward as David Goetta did on top of the building the other day where he did like a, that house remix of to, to support the, the protests. But uh, even still, the message was there, right? And I think that this is a great time to bring people together when we should be. Speaking of bringing people together, download the Freightway. TV app. Subscribe to Freightcast. Get every single Freightwaves podcast. Check out the Midday Market Update tomorrow at 12 noon. You'll see Michael Vincent and Kevin Hill bringing it home for you. Um, follow me at Timothy Dooner. Follow her at Emily Zink. That's S-Z-I-N-K. He's at Vincent the Dude or Michael Vincent on the... Uh, Take it easy, everybody. And uh, be safe out there. We love you guys.